right, we are back. We're going to finish up with Best Call as we approach hour two here. Hi, Beth. Are you still on the line with us? Hi, Beth. Hey, good morning. Okay, so your chickens aren't laying eggs. Do you have any thoughts as to why it might be? I really don't. I just, it's, I'm not a newbie to chickens. I've had chickens for 15 years. Oh, yeah. wow. And I have a series of, you know, I've got older girls that are just living out their best life with me. I know they're not going to lay. Yep. But I also have under a year old chickens that started laying in the fall that simply stopped. Huh. Do you yeah, know? I don't know. So I was just looking online because we don't grow chickens. You know, we don't know anything that much about them. But they did say there's a couple interesting things because I'm sure you're aware of like the diet and you're sure you're aware of all that kind of like weather may be a factor. But like they said that drama is a real, the pecking order is real. That a, if a, he, a hen is bullied or picked on, they may stop laying. Huh. And that a predator attack, like if there's a predator in the area and they can sort of know it, that's a stressor that may cause them to stop laying. Huh? Yeah. It's, it's, this is the first year. Like, I, I don't know. All right, Beth. Well, thanks for hanging on and calling in. You know what? You should send a note to Elizabeth Reese because I'm sure she's gone through stuff like this before with her chickens. I will do that. That's a good idea. You're so smart. Thanks. Okay. Thanks, Beth. And we have one more person on the line, I think, that has a question. Uh, We do not. We do not. Okay. All right. Super. All right. (laughs) So we're going to go ahead and move into the top two in hour two where we tell you two things we're obsessed about this week. Give him the old one time. And now, the Weekly Dish presents... Top two, top two. The top two... Pick your best two. In our two. All right, give me two, winning. All right. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? I think I want you to go first. Okay, so I'm going to pick... I'm going to actually talk about Nam Moi, which is the restaurant in Chinatown that we went to. It's the oldest Chinese restaurant in Chinatown. In cool. Manhattan, they think it's the oldest. I think they said it's the oldest rest, Chinese restaurant in Manhattan. Um, and there, I have to tell you specifically, there was an egg roll that has ruined me now for every other egg roll. And it was like they call it the OG. Okay. And it was, it was almost battered. I don't even know. I think it was almost battered, like a battered egg roll. Yum. But instead of it being jammed with just a bunch of minced things like ours tend to be. It had actual egg. It had like an egg in there that it was like almost like a little thin omelet. And then they had the stuff in it. So it was a real honest to God egg roll with egg in it and a crispy, crazy, great wrapper. And I am ruined now for egg rolls forever because that is like because every time you bite into one, you're going to be looking for the egg. Yes. And I feel like what happened that we all decided that egg rolls, this is the evolution of food, right? You know, like this is how they've been doing it. They're saying since like 1920 and somehow the egg rolls we have in the Midwest are now these weird fried things of, you know, whatever. I'm just saying I really enjoyed that egg roll and I'm going to look for one that is like it. I'm on the hunt. You're cracking me up. It's food, okay. it's journalism. I had a very enjoyable experience with my favorite drink of life, which is the French 75. Mm-hmm. I went to Spoon and Stable yep. and got to spend some time with their bartender, Jesse Pollock, who's the bartender of the year for 2022. She was amazing. And we made French 75s together, but then they made she made me the Spoon and Stable seasonal version of their French 75 with Pisco. Uh-huh. And hibiscus. Pisco is delicious. Pisco is from oh, Peru. 
The whole drink was fantastic. Um, you can watch it on my Facebook page. I did it on Jason's show yesterday, but I would encourage you to go to Spoon and Stable, get that Pisco French 75 version from Jesse. It was amazing. Good. Also, along the lines of this is a bonus French 75 recommendation. I went last night and did the Nordic um, tiny homes at the Four Seasons. Oh, the Riva Terrace? Yes. Yes. Uh, on a scale of one to 10, the aesthetic of it was a 10 and the execution of it was a five. Oh. However, in Mara, before we had a French 75 with St. Germain that was fantastic. So if you're a French 75 person, there's two places to go. Okay. All right, my second one is going to be a thing that actually you and I are going to go do is we're going to go have brunch at Julia, which is starts with a G, G-I-U-L-I-A, Julia, um, in downtown Minneapolis. It's the hotel. It's in the hotel. Uh, is it in the Rand? Nope, nope, nope. That's uh, Sorry. a different one completely. Uh, this one is in, um, gosh, it's it's that the Emory Hotel. Sorry, okay. it just took me like the name wasn't there. And it is a Stephen Brown menu. Um, you know, he's kind of helped that kitchen figure their what they want to do and be. They're just starting brunch, and it's a beautiful space. And I just am excited because it's got like, I mean, some of the stuff sounds really good. Besides, you know, um, like basic egg things. There's a strata. We all know Yum. I love a strata. Yep. Um, which is almost like a hot, like a egg, egg bake. bake. But they've got some toast francaise. With apples and whipped cream. They've got a, pa- a pane tostado, soft scrambled eggs with wild mushrooms. Yum. They've got a colazione americano, pan steamed eggs with sa- sausage. They've got a carbonara, a breakfast carbonara. Yum, I have a feeling that's in that's, our future. I know, frittata. Mm. At the Lowry, have you had the shired eggs? Shired. Shirred eggs. Yeah, there's not from the hobbits. <laughs> no, from there's the not from the Shire. <laughs> it's not 11Z's. It's not second breakfast. Shared eggs. eggs. Yes. Are fantastic yeah. at yeah. the Lowry. What it's like they're soft boiled. Yes. And they're sort of they're cooked <sighs> in cream. And then they have like a little sherry, is it, or something that uh, is I don't know how oh, they they're are so doing good. It. Um shirred are yeah, they're basically they're kind of um they've been baked in a flat bottom dish, and usually it means that they have a little bit of cream that they've been baked in. Super good. Yeah. Um okay, so my second thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that the 40 ounce Stanley cup that fits into your car holder with the straw is legit the second coming of Christ. Okay. What? <laughs> what so do you mean? Great. You mean this giant? Oh, haven't you heard about these? No. They're like sold out everywhere. Our friend Jackie like worked really hard to get us all one of these. Jackie who? Uh, just our, my friend Jackie. Oh, oh. So inside this Stanley mug that has a handle and it's fitted so that it fits so into So it's like your, a thermo mug. And it's just a mug with a straw. But you can drink water <laughs> in a much higher quantity with a straw for whatever reason. And I like got this and I was like, who wants this giant cup? But I'm telling you, you, you want it. this giant cup. Really? Yeah. The 40 ounce Stanley. It's amazing. Stanley is reinventing itself. It's hot pink. Yeah. Yours is hot pink. That's cute. It's real cute. And it makes, if I drink two of these a day, I don't have chap lips because it's dry oh, in Minnesota. I Let's know. just discuss the dryness. Yeah. It is pretty bad. I'll so, tell yeah, you what. That is my second. The, uh, the Stanley, the Stanley Cup. Mug. The Stanley Cup, if Stanley you will. Cup. Not the Stanley Cup. <laughs> That people are competing for 
in the National Hockey League. The, the Stanley, Stanley Cup, Cup that is now in your car. Also, here's a bonus one because right, we got a, a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, when I was doing my foodie takeover on Jason's show oh. and they opened the stove and there was junk all over the bottom of my stove because Kurt makes a lot of frozen pizzas. <laughs> it was, I was like, oh, don't look inside my stove too late. So then I cleaned my stove for the second segment, but it still had tinfoil all over the bottom. Now the tinfoil was clean. I got a text from Warner Stallion and they were like, hey, get that tinfoil out of yeah. here. Yeah, What do you have there? Why do you have that? Like, just get an oven liner. Yeah. So for Christmas, I got a Silpad-ish oven liner that you can like put in the bottom of your oven. You can take it out. You can wash it. It has been life-changing. How did I not know about oven liners until now? I don't know, but get an oven liner. Because apparently tinfoil can ruin people's stoves. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, It's just a bad idea. Get the tinfoil out. Get the oven liner in. That's the bonus top two. What a great segment to have our next segment be about gas stoves. Yes, we're going to talk about our gas stoves killing us. You're listening to The Weekly Dish. We'll be right back. You know, some days I don't want to drive to the gym. You got crowded gas stations. You got zipper merges. You got Steve, 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 Steve. It's okay. Just join the Y. Members get virtual Y, free live and on-demand content. Feeling better. So it's like the Y comes to me. Exactly. They've got virtual group classes like strength, yoga, sculpt, and dance cardio. Oh, yes. I've got some moves. Right now, enrollment is just $25 if you join the Y by March 31st. Plus, no dues till May. Join at YMCANorth.org. Can I just say one more thing about Supermarket? No. So we're out of time. All right, everybody, we are here to talk about gas stoves because I know a lot of you guys saw the news this week. There was a lot of kerfuffle. And we, as cooking people and humans in the world, we absolutely want to make sure we know what's going on with our stoves. And we want to make sure that we can continue to cook with the gas stove, if we're being honest. Well, so here's what happened. There's a couple, there's studies that have come out and there was, you know, a lot of kerfuffle this last week about gas ranges. And they are beloved, And uh, but the U.S. Consumer Food Safety Commission had raised concerns about their safety. Um, and it's Alex Hone Sarek uh, released a statement saying, you know, you know, they were saying that there's some stuff and there's some things going on there, there that there are real environmental impacts. There are really uh, there are impacts that are close to home. There are impacts on your family uh, having a gas stove. And I think the thing that was crazy was that it just went insane because, of course, then a certain sect of Republicans said, you know, you're not coming for my gas stove with my cold, dead hands and all that stuff, you know. Um, and they were basically everyone was like, you can't take my gas stove. You can't ban gas stoves. And then the um, the commissioner had to come out and say, look, to be clear, I'm not looking to ban gas stoves and the CPSC has no proceeding to do so. We are researching gas emissions in stoves and exploring new ways to address health risks and ventilation. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what that was his statement. And the idea of it is that the study is not necessarily this like thing that is like, okay, now we can't do this. The study is showing things and lights is lighting up issues right and one of them and not that the study is necessarily even it has been questioned you know this uh, brown university economist emily oster she questioned you know whether that the regulate that the way it was done and can you know the, the way it was study conducted if it's really truly right but what it, they have said is that that basically about um you gas stoves are in about 40 percent of u.s homes and 80 percent of restaurants 
And that when they're firing, gas stoves release nitrogen oxide, carbon monoxide, and formaldehyde in amounts that would violate the outdoor air quality standards set by the EPA. Even when they're not actively in use, gas stoves continue to leak methane, a gas that's considered more potent than carbon dioxide, though it doesn't hang around in the atmosphere for nearly as long. And they're talking about how it's harmful for the lungs. There's, it increases the likelihood of children developing asthma. A peer review said, estimated that 12.7% of child asthma cases could be attributed to the gas stove. And they likened it to people living in the same house as a smoker. So this is the state of what we're talking about. There are places that have already banned the installation of gas stoves and new construction in homes. Now, a lot of this has to do with the ventilation, like what you just said. Yep. And a lot of it has to do with the fact people are saying... If if it is a properly ventilated space and a f- properly ventilated house, this mitigates some of the risk. And isn't that a possibility for keeping our gas stoves? And they have said yes. But people are fired up. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't have their gas stoves ventilated properly. Right. And I know in three of the houses that I've had stoves in that have all been gas, two of them weren't. Um, you kind of, you get these under microwave fans. That's what I have. And they're better than nothing. Right. But Mine pulls very... it to the outside at least. So it does vent it outside. And one of the things I have read is whenever you use your stove, you should be using that fan. Yeah. So normally I only would turn it on if I was making something super. Smoking. Yeah. Right. So they're saying use it more. Also ventilate your kitchen more often. Yeah. Open windows. Like I have a drafty house. It feels good. Yeah. Um, but the truth is, is like you don't have to, you know, you don't have to swap out. You don't if uh, you can. Absolutely. And I would say that the funny thing for you and I, we both have air fryers. We both have instant pots. We have other uses. We have electrical uses and we have. I mean, I don't really use my stove at all in the summertime. I really rarely do, you know? Yeah. I mostly use my stove in the winter, which is when your house is closed up and the yeah, most. true. Um, I love my gas stove. Yeah. Like, if you take that and say we can't use gas stoves anymore, then we really need to work hard on improving electrical right. technology on electric stoves because I have an electric stove at the cabin. It's horrible. Do you have the coil burners? I yeah. Okay, it's so hor- I know I have an I have a what is it called induction? Yes, it's you do horrible. have an induction. Why do you not like the induction? I feel like. I just can't regulate the heat inside. I feel like I can't regulate the heat on top. It's the red. They stay red and hot forever. Oh, I thought they were supposed to be the ones that like go away so fast. I think mine's older. Okay. Um, You're supposed to use, like, I never know what pans I'm supposed to use. I just don't love it. I feel like it's a very subpar cooking experience. There are specific ways that using your induction stove yields a better result than others. And I think that that's the thing about gas is like, you know, it it's easy. Yeah. You like throw your pan on, you can scrape around. You're not going to crack it. It's also the funny thing is a gas stoves. If you're going to install a new one, that's more expensive than an electric one. But in the long run, they're saying gas stoves are longer, harder to fix. And electric is cheaper. In the long run. And a lot of people don't have them plumbed for gas. Otherwise, That's they expensive probably would heck. have had a gas yeah. stove. That's super expensive if there's no gas line. It's about $280 yeah. to get it switched. Because um, I've done that, too. Also, though, it makes me wonder, because I have two gas uh, fireplaces in my house. Those click-on ones. You do. And I would not have those any... I will never have a gas fireplace because... I once house sat as a teenager in one, and I swear to God, 
that's all I smelled was the gas. I'm like, this is leaking gas. And everyone's like, no, it's fine. I'm like, I'm not staying here. It's horrible. Yeah. I And my husband does have asthma and it makes, he has breathing problems already. So it does give me pause. Yeah, that is. And that's the thing is like, yes, we want our gas stoves and yes, and we want no our one flame. making the correlation to the gas fireplaces though? Like, is that the next thing that probably cause you would think that that would be an easy. Yeah. Cause maybe I there's feel, a different way that that is. Maybe there's a different. Maybe I don't know. I don't know either because the gas is always on, just like in a fireplace yeah. or in a, a stove. I did listen to um, Angela from Warner Stallion talk about this on a different radio station earlier in the week, and they said, you know, they're taking it under advisement. They do have uh, the ability to swap out if someone's concerned about it. They're not like calling an all-out like ban on anything no. No, at no, this no, no. point. It's something that everybody is watching. Yeah. And um, to not overreact, but to if you're concerned, ventilate your kitchens right, and make sure you're turning your fans on. And I would say this, that I wouldn't necessarily like the most that I've cooked on induction is like in TV studios because they yeah. tend to have those in TV studios. And we've always sort of and I've just been under the gun and I feel panicked and I don't know. Eric Repair, you know, one of the top chefs in the world, LaBernadin, he uh, recently installed induction ranges in his homes, and he loves them. He says it's more precise than watching a flame. You can really focus on your cooking and pay attention to what's inside the pan and not what's underneath, um, because they do make they do you know in a a pot of water comes to boil in half the time than it does yeah, on the gas and, stove. And a friend there, of mine is there are good things about it. Is the point? It's interesting. A friend of mine that works for Bose. Uh, developed and worked on for a long time developing an induction yeah. stove that would be taking over and he ended up retiring before the project got completed. Uh, but you wonder what the next generation of stoves will be. Well, and that's the thing is like she was saying, there's another woman who was saying that like she, she knows her house won't burn down because like she wants, she does overnight bone broths and things like uh-huh. that. And so she's like, she knows that the house won't burn down because of, you know, like a fiery thing. Um, but she also says that, uh, um, that it, that she's talking with someone, this little, this chef was saying how she's working with some people to make the next generation. And I think what we're really looking at is what is, this is, this was all to spur some innovation that could potentially do great things. You know, it's like if there's a mission free and it can cook easier and you don't have to worry about like burning things down, especially or like catching. I mean, I just burnt a tea towel yesterday. Yeah. So I would think that that's a good thing. So keep your open mind, people. Maybe if you're feeling like you want to research, I would say like electric cars. Me, I'm waiting for the next gen. You know what I'm saying? So there you go. Uh, Coming up, we have Cheap Eats. We're going to talk about Cheap Eats. And I'm going to remind you where the mushroom taco is because someone just sent me a text. What is this mushroom taco? We'll be right back on the Weekly Dish. All right. We were talking about gas stoves. Now we're going to talk about some Cheap Eats. And then we've got a bunch of events coming up. That we can talk about, including that we're going to be at the book club next week, a live broadcast on the 21st of the Weekly Dish. We'll be broadcasting from 9 to 11. You can go online right now and get reservations to reserve your table to join us. They'll have special Weekly Dish specials. And then one to four that day, they're doing a cookbook swap. So if you want to hang around for that, you are certainly welcome to do that. And it's not our cookbook swap. It's their cookbook swap. I just want to make sure that you guys know that this is like not taking the place of ours. It's just their own version of it. Yep. And we will have ours again uh, next October. October. So just bookmark that and start saving your books. Yeah. Um, Oh, also February 2nd, 
is I'm going to be doing a wine tasting, a Spanish wine tasting, three uh, Spanish wines, three cheeses with uh, Noel Starr from Certix is going to be doing it at Modern Well, which is in St. Louis Park. And it is $20 a ticket. And you can get information about that on my website. I'm doing it to learn more about Spain because I'm going to be leading a trip to Spain. So if you want to join us, you can do that. Um, but before we get to other events and locals to love, I want to talk a little bit about Cheap Eats. Okay. My daughter uh, works at this station part time and um, she's a college, a former college student that doesn't make a lot of money. So we've been talking about ways to extend um, the food that you make and ways that you can eat for cheaply. Because as we discussed earlier, things like eggs and some of the standbys aren't as cheap as they used to be. And let's call them affordable, right? Because cheap, I think, tends to talk about meaning quality wise as well. Well, I'm just saying that like I'm just laughing at your wordsmithing. Okay. But we'll I call mean, them affordable. Well, I'm just saying if you're saying you want to cook really you want to cook good food, you don't want to you know what I mean? When you say like this is cheap food, I think that's sort of what you're talking about is making really good food affordably. Yes. Okay. I just want to level set on that. Okay. So here are some things that you can do to spread out your dollar as okay. it were. Perfect. So batch cooking is one. So really being intentional about getting the most out of your food. So let's say you're going to use a chuck roast. Chuck roast tends to be the, besides ground beef, it's one of the least expensive cuts of meat. Uh Making a chili, making a pot roast, making a beef stew, something that you can amend with other ingredients that will allow it to stretch further. Yep. Um, Pork chops are way cheaper than chicken and cheaper than beef. Also, right now, especially, yeah. Yep. Because of all the things. And there's the pork chop, like a thick cut pork chop, but there's also cheaper cuts of pork, like uh, a country rib, which is uh, a fattier um, spare rib, I guess, as it were. There are cutlets. There are different cuts that if you experiment and try to figure out different ways to cut them, any pork that you like cook low and slow and stew you're going to get a pretty good result unless you're talking about uh, a roast, which you can even get a good result on a low and slow roast. Yeah. Um, so looking for those types of cuts of cheaper pork. Here's a also that no one thinks about this. It is cheaper to buy frozen vegetables than it is to buy fresh. Yeah. So things like frozen broccoli. Processed that way. Yeah. Um, and, you know. And they're not bad for look you. Look on your package. Yeah. If there's nothing except a broccoli in the ingredient it's just florets of broccoli that are frozen yeah also cauliflower is a good way to do that um a fresh broccoli head is like 389 and a bag of frozen broccoli you can usually get for under two bucks really so consider the frozen aisle um other baked beans baked beans are super cheap you can use beans as a protein source. You can use baked beans in a spare rib situation in a crock pot. Very inexpensive way to get protein. I just don't love the flavor of baked yeah, beans. Yeah, and so so some like people, I might just, but you can buy bags of beans. Correct, just beans. Correct. Like you don't have to even be baked beans. Um, another staple is watching for sales. So like. You might see ten for ten of canned tomatoes. Whenever you see that, like get them. 
Anytime that you can load up on just cans of things that are ingredients that are going to make other things. Yeah. Hard part for me on that is just space. I just don't have the space to buy 10 cans of tomatoes or six bags of beans and all that kind of stuff. I just don't have it. Consider like a plastic tub. When I was preparing for the bird flu in 2010. Yeah. I had plastic tubs of rice and like and food. stuck under your bed and stuff like that. Correct. Okay. I just kind of stored it that way. Okay. That might be a way I could do that because I'm like, I have no more in my kitchen or cabinets. Um, This is obvious perhaps, but canned tuna. Oh yeah. No, that's also, a huge staple. And you can use, make a tuna fish. You can make a casserole. You can just eat it on top of salad greens and that's do like a niswa salad. Like just sometimes when you need a protein that you're like, I don't feel like cooking a big thing and it's especially if you're single like to me that's just like i can easily get a good protein fix and not have to cook a huge meal and just that's great and it's like you know there it tuna is more expensive than it ever has been yes. but it's still a protein a really good protein hit without being you know animal protein that's super expensive lentils <laughs> lentils are inexpensive go far when mixed with like coconut milk you have a delicious curry uh, you can serve them with pita bread. You can just serve them in a bowl with other types of greens and have like a green bowl. Lentils are your best friend. They may, some people get gassy when they eat yeah, too many lentils. Yeah, I was going to say lentils also. The more you eat them though, the more that your stomach gets used to them. Yeah, and they it's just a definite flavor thing. Like you kind of like have to really, for some people you have to really get into like, how are you going to make it a flavorful how are you going to change the flavor instead of just being lentil? Curries and peppers. Yeah. And, um, also, you can freeze peppers. So if you see like uh, Aldi, not Aldi, um, Fresh Time does this a lot. You buy five peppers for four bucks. Oh, yeah. You buy those, the red peppers, yellows, whatever peppers, and you cut them into chunks and you freeze that so that you always have peppers and you're not running out and getting a $2.99 red pepper when you're making spaghetti or chili or whatever it is that you're making. Yeah. Um, another thing that's super uh, healthy-ish and goes a long way is chickpeas. Yeah, anything you can do with lentils, you can do with chickpeas. Yeah, um, there's some this this one that you this article that you put on the grid is from BuzzFeed. There's some weird stuff yeah, in here. I'm skipping over the weird stuff. <laughs> okay, because I just want to say instead of adding wine to spaghetti sauce, I use a squirt of grape jelly. I know. Yeah, what? I'm not doing the weird stuff. Uh, here's one other thing that is a weird thing but it's a thing by rotisserie chickens oh it's because they're lost leaders at the store if you buy a whole chicken to roast it which normally would be my go-to that's going to be about 11 bucks but a rotisserie chicken that's already pre-done while yes it is injected with salty water it's going to give you about four meals and it's going to be about five to eight bucks depending on where you get it or if you're on a five buck chuck or whatever the situation is that's going to give you pulled meat for burritos or bowls. It's going to give you just chicken if you want to make sandwiches or whatever. Then whatever you have left over, all of that, the bones and all of it are going to give you stock for soup. Yep. Rotisserie chicken if you're... Also consider turkey. And right now you can find turkey on sale at lots of places because they have, they're getting rid of all the Thanksgiving turkeys. Yeah. One year at uh, after like we're gonna have we're gonna be going into corned beef season in March. Remember after corned beef season, I got the corned beef for like yeah. two bucks. Yep. Look for like cheaper cuts of meat, and then just Google and figure out ways to cook them with yeah. instant pots and air fryers and all the things. 
you have more resources. It's than a creativity ever. moment. You have to remember that. Like it is a good idea, you know, to like think about them more creatively. Here's another way to use lentils that <laughs> is easy. You're going to make ground beef for tacos, right? So you're going to put your taco seasoning in there and your pound of ground beef, which is, I think, a pound of ground beef right now is about six or seven bucks. Add lentils to that, two cups. It's what they're doing at like fast food places. Oh, yeah. They're not talking about it, but they're adding protein and whey and weird things to extend the meat in places like, I don't want to say any fast food chains that might rhyme with uh, gel, but if you're running for the border, consider adding lentils to your ground beef. <laughs> I was totally like, I know I no, got real cow? weird there. Well, um, okay, baked pasta dishes also an easy one. Stretches a long way. Baked shells, those sorts of things. Yeah, I think that anytime you can think about little canned tins of things too, like maybe you do like kipper snacks, or if you like any of the the sardine things, remember that that adds a lot of flavor to other bulk items that are maybe you're trying to like, you know, if you have like a lot of rice and you make or you make a huge thing of quinoa, you know, and having this like a couple little tins of little tins of piquillo peppers and some and some sardines, and all of a sudden that takes your giant quinoa into a different space. Yeah, you're you in know? a bowl or. Also and consider, it stays for, in your pantry forever when you need it. Uh, you're good at this, Stephanie. You use the rice and make it soupier and make a congee. Yeah. Consider that oatmeal can be savory. Yeah. So some of those grains that you maybe always have this certain way, you can prepare oatmeal like a risotto. Yeah. You can add Parmesan cheese and oats are pretty inexpensive. It's called porridge. Yeah. Um. So consider something like that. Also looking for specials on fruits and then freezing them mm-hmm. so if it's a you know two blueberries for five bucks grabbing them when you can and then freezing them for yeah. use in items later and bread like don't throw away bread if you have the heel of bread throw it in the freezer you're going to eventually get enough bread in there that you can make homemade croutons or you can roast a chicken on top of that bread and then all the chicken fat goes into those croutons and it's delicious or make just yeah or you can make like a little you know like a like a bread pudding or something like that I yeah do think or a strata if you were going back to the expensive eggs yeah yeah and i do think that eggs are even though they are more expensive they're still affordable yeah as, as far as like getting your protein you get. i eat eggs every single day of my life and i just like that's going to be the way that it goes and if i have to pay more for it it's better than in my mind, a not, you know, having protein, but B also then trying to get something to substitute. Like there's everything else is way more expensive than that. I'm going to wrap this segment up with one more thought. And that is cabbages, Mm. red cabbages, green cabbages. They make delicious soups. You can roast slices of them and have that as like a base of something in a bowl. Yeah. You can make slaws. You just cabbage is a very underrated, healthy, nutritious vegetable, and you get a lot for your money in a cabbage. Hard pass for Steph March. <laughs> really? Oh my God, I love cabbage. I cabbage know you rolls. do. And I know I try never to take it down because I know how much you love it. But when I was in Prague, I got all the cabbage that I ever needed for the rest of my life. That is hilarious. Yep, done. Yeah, I love cabbage. I think it's a very underrated vegetable. Okay. Okay. So those are my cheap suggestions, which maybe will just give you an idea. And if you're Ellie and you're listening, I hope that you, your mom loves you. And I hope that you can get cheaper groceries soon. Love you. Here we go. Bye. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dash. This is the uh, wrap up of the show. We're talking about things, locals that we love and things that are going on in town. Are you feeling like you're going to hit an ice bar at any point in time during the, uh, during the winter? Yes. Okay. I think uh, my I was telling Stephanie during the break, my word of intentions 
is Adventures, Big and Little. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm trying to learn more about the western suburbs where I now live because I tend to go east for everything. So I'm going to new restaurants, doing new takeout. I've got some trips planned. I'm just looking every week at like, okay, do I have an adventure this week? Today, I'm going to Hairspray. Oh, great. Yeah, with my nieces, and I'm very excited about it. Last night, I did the um, Winter Cabin. So I'm just like trying to do different things. There's a new ice skating oval that they carved out somewhere in Maple Grove. Do you know about this? Yeah, it's it's part of the the it's part of the it's Ella like Creek a trail. Park. Yeah, yeah I'm they've totally been doing that. Do that. They've been doing that for a couple of years now, and it's just really kind of chill. Yeah, it's a nice little chill thing. I found a dog park uh, up there that's I can walk with the dog. It's yeah. not just like a square where you stand there and they run around. Right, yeah, right. Big and little adventures. Okay. Um, well, a little adventure might be going to one of the ice bars. I did round up some ice bars in the feed this week because they're all starting to pop. There's one at Red Wagon Pizza, which we love. They've got hot toddies, old fashions. They've got little icy shot glasses. So cute. Rosalia, their ice bar outside of Rosalia, they have got, they've got their entire patio open with heat lamps. I love it. And so people are ordering pizzas and hanging out outside. And then, you know, which is like, this was my favorite part of the pandemic was the way that we all... You know, like gathered outside in the wintertime because we can. Tomorrow's Uh, National Bagel Day. Okay, let me finish Ice Bars. Okay, Okay, Blondette is at the Rand Hotel, and they've got the nifty little outside ice bar Mm -hmm. on their patio up there so they can see the skyline views. Kitchen and Rail in Egan has has an ice bar, and they're doing it Thursday through Saturday. Um, and they've got a lot of like bonfires, and they're doing glog and all the stuff. And then Volstead House, also in Egan, will open their ice bar this Wednesday. I noticed on the Instagram that you got a new vintage old uh, fur coat that's perfect for wearing to an ice bar. I think you got it before the holidays. Oh, my God. I got it like October, dude. It was amazing. <laughs> a friend of mine had one on last night, a vintage oh, one that yes. she redid the inside. I was like, oh, that coat's amazing. Yeah, I mine is a, a silver fox. And so I call it Jamie Lee Curtis. I love that's it. That's my coat's name. Jamie Lee Curtis. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tomorrow's National Bagel Day and uh, Rise Bagel and Bold Culture Cream Cheese, which I'm interested in. It's a new cream cheese alternative. Yeah, that's made from plants. So. It's and uh, there's been some controversy about it because it is still has, has lactose, yep. and so it's not necessarily. There's a lot of confusion about people who don't eat dairy either do it for because of ethical reasons or because of health reasons. The people who do it for health reasons cannot eat this because it still affects them. Yeah, but so. I think I thought it was kind of interesting. It is. So. A, it's a. It's again. It's a move. You know what I mean? It's definitely a move towards something. Uh, um, so yeah, you go tomorrow and you'll get a free at rice, rice bagels. Yep, good. Uh, did you hear that? And sadly, that Arezzo Ristorante at 50th and France is closing. No. Yep. I like that place. I know, cute little Italian shop. It's been there for 22 yeah. years. Uh, their landlord has decided not to renew the lease. He's looking oh. for something fresh and new. So their last day of business will be the 21st. I know a lot of people are very sad about yeah. this one. There is an event. Did you hear about this Hall of Feasts at the Rathskeller? Yeah, I got something a note about this at the very, I think, at the, I didn't get it's, it onto the feed, but. It's February 25th. It's yeah. 240 bucks a seat, and it's a Renaissance banquet that is happening at the Rathskeller, which is in St. Paul. Yeah. And. Which is underneath in the summit or in the uh, Schmidt Brewery. It's underneath Rock Eatery. Yeah. 
they'll be juggling. There'll be live music. They're encouraging people to wear their Renaissance wear. This is decidedly not for me personally, but if you have a bustier just burning a hole if in you're, your closet. You know what? If your Renaissance clothes need a little winter you yeah, know, outing. You need to like shine a dirndl, your leather whatever. Pants. Get them out, man. Maybe dust them off for winter. That would be a really fun thing to do. That's an adventure. That's what people say. Yeah, big and little adventures. Um, So the ice maze is also a big thing that we should talk about. So the ice maze is happening down at the Vikings Lake, you know, development in Egan. And, of course, it's our uh, it's our favorite guys, the Minnesota Ice team. They've put on this huge ice maze, you guys. It's like a half mile of ice. It's a million pounds of ice. That you get cool. to walk through. And I was funny to me because it's like it's an actual maze. Because the problem with corn mazes are, to me, is that everybody I'm trying to race through just goes through the center. Just goes through the aisles. And yep. just, I'm like, You're, this is boring. Come on. So I like the fact that you can't really crash through a wall of an ice maze. No. But they've got all sorts of stuff happening down there. They've got, like, fire pits. They've got a curling pond. You know, pond hockey. Trivia in the warming house. Um, January 19th is when I'm going. They've got the Cry Baby Craig hot sauce night. Oh, that sounds fun. And they're going to light the maze up with yellow and red lights, and they're going to have flamethrowers and obstacles and fun stuff. So I love it. That's when I'm doing that. Um, what about else? So uh, if you've ever, I had a couple people talking about snowshoeing. Have you ever snowshoed? Yes, I have snowshoes, and it's been very enjoyable. I'm also participating in the Lopit, but it got moved off the ice. They're, oh, the Lopit did well, too? Not the just shanties the shanties? got moved off the ice, and the Lopit got moved three weeks. Oh. Or two weeks. It's the 18th now. Okay. So whether it'll be on the ice or not remains to be seen. The okay. ice, the snow insulated the ice, and I know. it's creating this big slush situation. Which is why I'm not skating out with my pond next door. Yeah, like that's We're all decided that it was the ice right now. too much. But uh, if you have not... I had a couple friends who were saying that they really love snowshoeing, and then I had a couple other friends who were saying they really don't know how to do it or didn't have never done it. And so I think this is a really great opportunity. At Birches on the Lake, out in Long Lake, uh, they've got a Bruise and Snowshoes thing going on where you can, a $38 package gets you an hour rental of snowshoes. It also gets you two drinks, a bacon grilled cheese sandwich, tomato soup, and a s'mores Yum. kit. For 38 bucks. That's good. Like, what a great, it's a great date night, but it's also a great way to, like, try out snowshoeing before you have to commit a couple hundred bucks to buying them if you want to. Uh, also, if you want to try cross-country skiing, Theater Worth, you can rent for 14 bucks, and the courses out there are That's all true. set and really great. That, that warming house, they've got the 612 sauna right there. I know. I'm still not going to sauna in, like, the whole sauna village thing. I'm not going to go nope. sauna with you guys. I like, hear I'm where just you're coming not from do it. It's weird to sweat and then go into a restaurant. Uh, the mushroom for tacos, me. for everyone that's curious, it is at Suki and Mimi. It is a mushroom burrito taco. It's amazing. One of the best bites I had last year. Go have the taco. I'm getting lots of conversation about the taco. Eat the taco at Suki and Mimi in Uptown. Well, there's, and we also did mention one in uh, at Colita, by the way, just saying. Okay. Just so you know that. All right. Well, that's about it. We're wrapping it up, It's a kid. wrap. It's a wrap. We're going to go Happy have 2023. brunch, and then we'll report back on that for you guys. Yeah, and we're going to be at the book club live next week, so get your reservations and join us. We'll ciao, ciao. There.